How's it going, beautiful people? My name is Reagan Harold, and welcome in to another episode of Suncast. This is and it's going to be an incredible episode, folks. We have got so much to dive into men's and women's soccer, as well as football in the Sun Conference and beyond the Sun Conference. You know, later in the episode, we will get into some college football and NFL football. Starting off this episode, it will just be me. Uh, we're going to dive into soccer. And later on, we will have on Mr. Blackmore. Josh will come on and we will dive into an incredible weekend of Sun Conference football. Statements were made. I think the gap between the top of the Sun Conference and the quote-unquote bottom of the Sun Conference in football is extremely, extremely close. Josh is obviously going to handle most of the Sun Conference football talk. But before we get into everything, you know who the sponsor is. It's Mr. Vaughn over at El Baron cooking up the empanadas, power bowls, uh, kebabs, anything you want, he's got it, promise. He's doing an awesome job, just went over there last week, had me a good old cheeseburger empanada. I guess that's like, you've heard of kind of the Tex-Mex, I guess that's kind of like Brazil, Florida, Brillarda, maybe Florzil, Florzil, yeah, Florzil style food. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop that one a little bit more, but either way, it's great stuff, and with that being said, we have got an entirely new way we are recording Suncast. Hopefully this audio is a lot better than what y'all have heard before. We have changed things up a lot. We've made a lot of changes. Obviously we talked last week about how, the the kind of what we say. Now we're changing how it is being heard. And not only that, something that y'all have been talking about a lot. We have not talked about this on air yet because, well, we were going to workshop it and just kind of see different things. We will start doing live streams very soon. We have found a platform that we like very much, and there's a lot of fun stuff that we think we can do with this, as well as going live on Twitter, YouTube. Uh, there's some other platforms that we're going to look to starting up Suncast on, but that'll be coming very soon, and we're really excited for it, man, and we've got some great interviews lined up across the Sun Conference, we have got, we're rolling, fall sports is rolling, and speaking of rolling, and it just continues to roll, let's dive right on into women's soccer, because top to bottom, this conference has just taken over, and it is absolutely dominant. So let's start at the top of the Sun Conference, not only the top of the Sun Conference, but the top of the NAIA, the number one ranked Kaiser Seahawks have just been absolutely rolling through everybody. And not just doing that, we're going to get into men's soccer later. We're just not exactly sure where men's soccer is at. Hasn't been a ton of, uh, what do we say, the best competition played across men's soccer. However, that cannot be said about women's soccer, especially in West Palm Beach. I mean, they're rolling. We talked about number one Tennessee, former number one Tennessee Southern. They rolled past them 3 nothing. Since then, I mean, they've rolled past number 17, ranked Reinhardt, excuse me, 18th ranked Reinhardt and 17th ranked Cumberland University, the one in Tennessee. And I don't even know where to start with this team because they're not giving up shots on goal. And when they are giving up shots, Grace McKellen between the net for the Seahawks has been absolutely dominant. They've given up two goals in seven games. I mean, they're finally giving up goals. They gave up one to Bruton Parker in a 7-1 victory and in their closest game this year in their most recent game 
They allowed one in a 2-1 victory over Cumberland University. I'm really excited for this team. I think they are the best team in the NAIA so far this season. We'll find out a lot about them soon, including next weekend, next Saturday. They take on William and Carey. I really wish that game was in West Palm Beach because that is a bye week for Weber football. I would be able to possibly drive down there. I would love to see that one-two matchup. Actually, William Carey might have dropped a little bit in the standings. I'll have to double-check that. But still, I know it will be a top-ten matchup, without a doubt. And their big test, however, will be coming in a couple weeks on Thursday, September 29th, as they are taking on the SCAD Bs. And we're going to have Sun Conference power rankings coming up soon, probably around that time towards the end of the month. Josh will be doing his power rankings for football, which I don't know how he's going to even rank that. I do think there is one team he has in mind that it has proven themselves to be just a little bit ahead of everybody else in the conference, but I'll wait for him to get into that. But September 29th is a game on a Thursday. I wish it was a game on a Monday or a Sunday because without a doubt, I would drive down there because SCAD and Kaiser, it's going to be the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. And I'm talking about that offense for SCAD led by Sidney Chura. That's going to be an incredible matchup. I think that will kind of determine that one-two, who is number one, who is number two in the Sun Conference. However, Southeastern's got a lot to say about that. The 10th-ranked team in the country, they had a draw this past weekend, but they are extremely strong per usual. As the Fire are led by Naria Lopez, five goals in five games, excuse me, six goals in five games for the Fire. And as for the SCAD Bs, I mean, that, they have got a lot of chemistry, a little bit older team, a lot of experience together. And with Sadal and Baldestroder, I hope I'm not butchering that name. Please let me know if I am SCAD athletes. And then Summer and Lyraman, and they just keep continuing to feature. And I believe they might have the most assists in the Sun Conference. So SCAD is going to be a team that's extremely dangerous, but... I just can't find a way, and I've been thinking about it and looking at it, and I really do like the, that SCAD Bees team, but I don't know if I can quite put them over Kaiser yet. Same same with Southeastern. Southeastern's another team that looks strong. They have a lot of good wins, especially that 5-4 game over William and Carey a couple weekends ago. We'll find out a lot more about Southeastern as we go on it, as well as SCAD, but, I mean, Kaiser, they're, they're the best team in the country for a reason. I mean, what Kaioka Koshijima has been doing for the Seahawks, Riley, Lauren, and crew. I mean, Maha Henriksen for Kaiser has been showing out as well. I mean, those are three, four girls that are up at the top with goals in the Sun Conference. I mean, Lauren with seven so far this year. Uh, Kaioka, four goals, eight assists on the season. It's just going to be really tough. And, I mean, if they if they get two, three goals in the back of the net, I don't really see a way you can get past that back line. I don't know if it's going to be possible for teams to get in any type of shootout with Kaiser because if they go out there and they score multiple goals, that back line is whew, it's dangerous. I, I'm sure I'll be able to find time to stream that Kaiser-SCAD game. And we talked about – 
earlier in the show about doing the live stream. That's really what I would like to utilize the live stream for so we can get kind of a live reaction as Josh and I are watching or he'll be watching football games. I'll be watching soccer games and very soon volleyball games. But women's soccer is in very good hands at the top of the conference. There are a lot of teams nipping on the heels of that of the top three teams, SCAD, Kaiser, and Southeastern. And one of those teams is another undefeated team in the Weber International University Warriors. The Curls and Babson Park are undefeated on the year. The only reason I don't have them as one of the top three teams is they haven't done it against top 25 competition. However, they will have that opportunity soon with conference play coming up. And they did just do something very impressive. You know, one of the tougher things to do in this conference and in the NAI in general are road tests because you know, it's not like Division One. You don't get to fly out and go where well. Weber did that very well this weekend with not just one, but two dominant victories over Ohio Christian and I believe Campbellsville might have been the other one. It wasn't on the schedule, but I do know it was a 2-0 victory and a 7-0 victory over Ohio Christian. So Weber International is looking really strong. I think it, those are the top four teams, in my opinion, in the Sun Conference. But, I mean, Warner is right there with, with everybody. Ave Maria is nipping on the hills. It's going to be interesting. And once Sun Conference play hits, I mean, we'll, we'll find out a lot. I mean, Thomas University, shout out the 229. They're 4-1-1 on the year. They're looking extremely strong. Same with St. Thomas. The only thing that's separating these teams from one another is the competition level. I've been really impressed with what SCAD, Southeastern, and Kaiser have done against top 25 teams. And I'm excited to see how it all shapes out because I think it's going to be very, very, very competitive this year in the Sun Conference. I think there are realistically probably four or five teams that – could be in some sort of regional, or excuse me, not regional, but uh, in the conference tournament and fighting for the Sun Conference Championship. Do I think there are two or three teams that have separated themselves? Yeah, I've, said, I've already said that. But it's going to be extremely interesting coming down the stretch. Sun Conference play is right around the corner, and I don't know how I'm going to separate. I mean, that, that two through five with Weber, Southeastern, SCAD, Thomas, and St. Thomas – I don't know how it's going to come down ranking. Now, we're going to find out a lot very soon. We have a few more out-of-conference games across the conference before we start kind of figuring things out. But in conclusion of what I'm thinking so far in women's soccer, it, it, it is – I don't want to say it's Kaiser's conference to lose, but they are the best team. They are the most dominant team in the conference right now. But I, I tell you, the most fun team that I've watched so far is definitely the Scad Bees. Uh, they're just a fun team to watch. There's no quit in them. They've been in a lot of close games, and I think that's going to benefit them coming down the stretch. Now, they did have one blunder against Georgia Gwinnett, and we'll find out how good Georgia Gwinnett women's soccer is soon, not in the Sun Conference, but they're coming up soon. I believe they have a couple more Sun Conference opponents coming up including, yeah, it's coming up Thursday, 6 o'clock in Orange Beach, Alabama. They're playing Georgia Gwinnett. Well, that's going to be that's gonna be a really interesting day for Kaiser Seal because they have a – yeah, they, that's a – must be a little tournament. Didn't know it, there was a tournament down there. Seems like Orange Beach always has good little tournaments with softball. Uh, they, it's been consistent over the last couple of years, one of the better – tournaments in the NAIA and it looks like there is one for women's soccer I'll definitely have to look into that 
a little bit more. But Kaiser, two more tests. A Georgia Gwinnett team that that well thrashed a the SCAD team, and that's been their only blunder. So we'll find out a lot about Kaiser again. They have them, and two days later they got to play the preseason number two team in the country in William Carey. So we'll find out a lot more go- coming in. But what we do need to find a lot more about is men's soccer because there hasn't been a lot of games and the games there have been have been uh, I don't want to say against lesser competition but there definitely has not been the pot there hasn't been the top 25 matchups that we've been seeing in women's soccer however the one team that has gone and done something very impressive against a very good division two team in the University of Tampa is St. Thomas. St. Thomas went there and won a very close game I believe it was one nothing uh, against the Spartans of Tampa Seems like D2-wise, they're always at the top of everything, baseball and men's and women's soccer. However, I need to see a little bit more out of Kaiser men's soccer because in my my own head, my own preseason rankings, we didn't post anything or say anything about it. They were the team to beat. I mean, obviously, the national champion. They did lose their captain uh, and Cristobal Molina. But, man, I tell you what, that St. Thomas team, they've only played two games, so it's a small sample size. But they're looking good. And Weber men's soccer, I mean, they're looking extremely impressive. Now, they kind of fall in that same boat as as their, their women's team. Have they gone and played the best competition? No, but they have had some road tests, including going up uh, again. They were leaving this morning to go play on the road again. Which, if you're doing that early in the year and you're going and get results, that builds chemistry and that builds a lot of confidence as they're coming into Sun Conference play. And we had Cristobal Molina on for a preseason. And when we asked who is that next best team behind the, the two South Florida teams in St. Thomas and Kaiser, and he, he mentioned Southeastern, too, who just fell to a really good Georgia Gwinnett team. It just, it just seems like they're good at everything. I mean, it just seems like Georgia Gwinnett is, is good at everything they don't have football thankfully because i feel if they had that on life there was an naia team that could be extremely good i think reinhardt does a good job of going up in atlanta and recruiting but if georgia Gwinnett had a football team and they were able to lock down oh man that would be scary anyways uh we'll find out a lot about weber once we get into conference play st thomas though i do think they are the best team in the conference so far. Kaiser, they're scoring goals, but they're giving up quite a few as well. Now, they have been perfect at home. I mean, they're outscoring opponents 17-1 to in West Palm Beach, but on the road, and like we said, road tests are not ex- – they're, they're amplified in the NAIA. Uh, at Point and at Lindsey Wilson were their two draws on the year, 2-2 and 3-3 respectfully, but – those are two teams that the defending national champs should go out there and, well, quite frankly, handle well. Now, they have a big test coming up next Wednesday. This coming up Saturday, they take on Florida College at home, which should be a – they should be able to handle handle them like other teams in the Sun Conference have done. But they will be taking on a top 25 team in Florida National September 21st at 11 a.m. And then a subconference play, and then they welcome in Georgia Gwinnett. So they, they they got some big big tests coming up. I do think they are extremely good, and I think they will figure things out. I mean, they went through this last year. They had a little bit of a slower start figuring things out. I think I think the Seahawks will be just fine, but 
I do think St. Thomas is the best team in the conference currently. I think Weber's nipping at those heels. However, the most impressive team, in my opinion, has been Ave Maria, just because they weren't exactly a team that we circled. I mean, yeah, we, we talked about Southeastern being a team that was going to be right around there, and then they've looked really good outside of their uh, most recent game against the 12th-ranked team in the country. And then St. Thomas and Kaiser, and we talked about Weber being a dark horse, but a team that is a dark horse that we did not say too much about is Ave Maria, and they're off to their best start in program history. They're 4-0. They're looking dominant. Their offense is looking unstoppable. And not only that, I think they might they, they might have that title that SCAD women's soccer has. I think they might be the most fun team in the conference. They're definitely showing it on social media. And, yeah, I do like that. We are liking that. Jireen's out of Ave Maria. Uh, it, it, I, I don't think men's soccer is going to be – I don't want to say quite as fun – I think it will be very fun coming down the stretch. And I do think we have a good shot of being teams that are represented well in the NAIA tournament in men's soccer. I, I do think St. Thomas and Kaiser are two of the top probably five, eight, five to eight in that range. But if Ave Maria can continue this strong start, now they kind of fall in that same boat as Weber. Not exactly the strongest competition, but they've done what they needed to do, and they've looked dominant doing it. And that is with road starts against Trinity and Florida College and a couple of home games against Johnson and welcoming in Florida College again. They've looked extremely good. And another team that's looked strong so far is Warner. And Warner kind of falls in that same boat as well, as we've talked about all the men's Sun Conference teams. have not exactly gone out and played the best competition so far. So we're going – there are a lot of question marks, and I think – the biggest question mark is, who is that dark horse that we didn't say anything about preseason? It's either Ave Maria or the Warner Royals. Well, we're going to find out Tuesday at 4.30. Now, that's a game that I'm really hoping I'm able to get to. Practice, uh, football practice will definitely uh, conflict with that. Uh, so we will find out a little bit more about Warner and Ave there. I'm really hoping – Maybe we kind of get a, maybe a rain delay over in Lake Wells or something so I can get out there and maybe catch some of that game. Because other than – I've watched a little Ave Maria soccer and obviously Weber soccer and then Kaiser, Kaiser soccer. I've not watched any St. Thomas or um, Warner – or, yeah, any uh, St. Thomas soccer. Anyways, I, I really want to get out there. I want to see Warner in action, and I want to see Ave Maria in action as well and I want to see who is that team that could go up there and compete with the South Florida teams and make some noise um, I think Southeastern is the team though that has got the biggest in my opinion the biggest question mark because I don't really know where they're at I don't I can't decide if they're in that boat with Kaiser and St. Thomas and being one of the top 10-15 teams in the country or if they're somewhere in that more of Weber range where they're knocking on that top 25 door, which they are. That's currently where they are. They, they have that RV next to their name. And they look good for about 60 minutes, 50, 60 minutes, against Georgia Gwinnett, who is a powerhouse top 15 team in the country. And it is early in the year, and we, don't, we know things change and teams develop, teams pro progress, and teams regress. So we got a lot to figure out in men's soccer coming up. I do think the picture is a little bit clearer in women's soccer. 
I, I just don't I just don't see anyone quite there with Kaiser. I do think Scad is very very close. I think Weber soccer I think Weber soccer is legit this year. I just want to see them play uh, teams that Southeastern, SCAD, and Kaiser have. And I, I think they, they would do well against those teams. But got, I'm, a, I'm a big see it to believe it kind of gay. Got to see it to believe it. Now, something that I have been seeing and absolutely believing is Weber women's volleyball. Volleyball is something that we are going to be covering on Sun Conference Heavy once conference play hits. And I'm not going to come on here and spread misinformation or say something that I haven't been watching because, hand up, have not been watching much Sun Conference Volleyball. What I have seen stat-wise is Kaiser looks very, very good. I mean, a 19-3 record, how they've already played 21 games, I have no idea. But as many of you know, I am the play-by-play or uh, just sports broadcaster, usually play-by-play with baseball. But I have started being uh, broadcasting for Weber International Volleyball. And they were off to a little bit of a rough start in the Coach Mormon campaign, playing a couple of the top teams in the country, including a defending national champion, excuse me, two-time defending national champion. But since then, they are 9-0. and And they have conference play coming up very soon against a good Ave Maria team. At least that's what the numbers say. And I don't know how, because I was very shocked to find this out. Weber was ranked to finish next to last. Now, I guess they say they did not take newcomers or transfers into consideration and also players that did not play last year because two two girls that did not play for Weber last year, and I got to say that's got to be the reason that they were finished next to last because there is no way that there are six teams in the Sun Conference. Now, I mean, there could be. I'm not going to say there's no way, but just from what I've seen, if there are six teams in the Sun Conference better than this Weber team, then, oh boy, oh boy, they're best conference by far because this team is legit. They have two six-footers, including 6'6", Cynthia Lorena, the Brazilian, has been doing an amazing job, and they got two amazing setters. There used to be a big uh, volleyball guy. I haven't uh, watched it in quite some time, but getting back into it and being the broadcaster, uh, color commentator, alongside my partner Jeff Molesky, head flag football coach for Weber International, University. We've had a great time doing it. Uh, but Cynthia Lorena and Bailey, Bailey Berger as their libero has been doing an incredible job digging. But something that's really impressed me a lot about Weber is how well they've been able to set the ball. Pacey Crow and Amanda Vega, they have been setting it up beautifully for their middle hitters that are Cynthia Lorena and Savannah Wilhite. And then their outside hitters – Teodora Renitovich and <clears throat> Nadia Reed have been doing an incredible job on the corners for Weber International University. And I guess, I just guess uh, there are six teams allegedly in the Sun Conference better than that. And if there are, we are in for a treat this Sun Conference season. Can't wait to get into volleyball more with once Sun Conference play. It's like we said, it was just the sheer number of everything we have going on with men's, women's soccer and football. And then volleyball just has a ton of games, uh, especially before they get into conference play. 
But with that being said, that's going to wrap up soccer and volleyball talk, and we're going to switch it over to myself again and Josh Blackmore to talk a little Sun Conference football as well as college football, and I think we're going to get into a little bit of NFL football because NFL football is back, baby. All right, and after a little bit of time traveling, Josh, welcome on. Just had a great conversation with the people about a little bit of Sun Conference volleyball and a little Sun Conference soccer going on. But let's get into what you're here to talk about. Pretty good weekend for Sun Conference so- uh, football <laughs> across the board. Uh, who impressed you? What teams were you looking at? Maybe a little surprise uh, coming in the weekend. And what teams do you need to see kind of improving on whatnot now? So, like you said, definitely a good weekend of football in the Sun Conference. Um, we can start off with, you know, with my boys at Weber. I mean, it was a scrimmage. It was it didn't count, but after a tough a tough loss to um, Cumberland University, you know, Weber got really back on track against Atlantis, winning eighty-one to nothing. That was a um, for an a absolute while. blowout. I'm glad to see they were, you know, able to get back on track, able to, you know, get the offense back going, defense back on track. Uh, my good friend Reagan back there on the field punting. Finally back, baby. Love to see it. Didn't have to do a lot of it, but I got out of there one time. Got to spark up the special teams a bit with a 50-yard 50, 50 bomb. 51. 51-yard bomb <laughs> on a rugby style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, moving low on. Low-key should have been a turnover. He low-key touched it. It's all right, though. It does happen. It was 81 to nothing. Nah, nah, nah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so um, moving on, not much to talk about there. No stats available. Yeah, most of that's on the game. Tough. But moving on, the first matchup that I was really intrigued before the weekend was the Kaiser at Mississippi College. After a good interview with, with Jalen last week, um, I really thought Kaiser was going to show up and show out for the Sun Conference, but had a rough game. You know, got down got down big early, 19 nothing in the first. How, how much weight and how much merit are you putting into these games that – Kaiser are playing. It's obviously showing a little bit in the NAI polls as they drop from six to fourteen after two lo- two tough road losses uh, against two really good division. Two I think teams. in the grand scheme of things, um, it doesn't affect doesn't affect them much in my eyes because, like you said, they compete in the NAI, not Division Two or Division One. Right. So it's more of like a, just like get them ready kind of thing in my opinion. So if they do win, it's great. Puts the NAI on the map, Sun Conference on the map, but it's more of like a developmental thing for their guys and kind of get them ready and show them what you know. I got, I wouldn't want to say big boy football, but in comparison to the NAI, it is considered big boy football. Mm-hmm. But um, like I was saying, down 19 to nothing early. Um, seems like the offense <clears throat> wasn't able to really get anything going. I mean Shea from Kaiser, 22 of 37, 157 yards, no touchdowns. So. Seemed like they couldn't really push down the field. A lot of dink and dunks. A lot of, uh, you know, flat routes, underneath routes. You know, 22 completions, you'd probably expect to have more than 150 yards. Only a long of 32 yards. Um, Marcus Burgess, not a terrible game. 16 carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Averaging four yards a carry, it was just not bad. But when you get down 19 nothing, it's it's very hard to establish or, I guess, continue your run game. Um like I said, the receivers weren't able to do much either. Everybody, besides one guy, everybody under 40 yards receiving, no passing touchdowns. So, um, I guess the silver line you can kind of look at with that is 
He said no interceptions, right? No interceptions. So, say that they have really good defensive backs, which I assume you know, a good level Division two team has, and maybe everything just really was not quite there for them. We saw a lot of dinks and donks, a lot, a lot of short passes, as you said. Uh, you know, he's, he's taking those check downs. He's not trying to force the ball. And, you know, a team like Kaiser, uh, when we had on Jalen, he says always had a good defense. If he is taking those check downs and not turning the ball over, I guess that's – Something positive you could take. Absolutely, out of I was just—I was just about to say that. I mean, that yeah, great monster you, of life. Absolutely, I'm sure there's a quarterback you're, you're, that you're thinking about wishing maybe did a couple more. Things, oh yeah, things. we'll, we'll get, get into that. that. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. But yes, yeah, definitely, a, there's some good takeaways from that game. Um, you know, after the first quarter, they held them to seven points. They scored eight. So I mean, after the first quarter, they settled in and was able to compete. But yes, definitely didn't turn the ball over. But moving on though. St. Thomas traveled to Chicago to play St. Xavier. Back-to-back weekends into the Windy City. That's tough. That is very tough. Very tough. Chicago back, Chicago back. It's it's tough traveling. Yeah. Um, they went down early, first quarter, 3 nothing. Ended up putting up a 17 spot in the second quarter to go up 17-3 at the half. Give up an early touchdown in the third and then kind of took control late in the fourth, up 31-10. to um, St. Thomas, you don't typically see uh, Tyler Thomas – having a 50% completion percentage or under 200 yards passing and without a passing touchdown. That's and he also threw day. an interception. Very rare day for Tyler Thomas, but what's really impressive is is the running game. He had an 86-yard rusher and two touchdowns around Tavius Farmer. Damian Heller, 66 yards on 10 carries. Um, and another guy, uh, No Pierre, had two carries for 38 yards. Looks like he busted one for a touchdown. Um, so, the, you know, the running game, they were able to get that going because it didn't look like Tyler had his best stuff that day. Defense, lockdown, only 10 points given up. So, overall, you know, good game after a tough, tough loss to Butler last week. Um, and then Ave Maria got a forfeit win against Fort Lauderdale. Before, before you go on that Ave game, you know, something that r- really helped St. Thomas and what they've always been good at, you know, as a punter, I'm going to appreciate this a lot. They always have good special teams, man. And – Another week where Braden Dick goes out there and is averaging 40-plus yards a punt, and they get a blocked punt. I mean, their, their special teams was a big reason why they were able to beat Weber last year. Two blocked punts then, a blocked punt against uh, St. Xavier last week. Uh, Dick has an amazing, amazing game for them. and Five punts, 200 yards. It'll play. Four inside the 20. Yeah, I mean, that'll that work. Sun Conference Player of the Week. So, Got got to show special some love. And you just shout out to uh, Jaquari Austin, nine tackles. Um, I think that's a really good game. You got player of the week, N- uh, Nicholas. Nicholas Inger, yeah, yeah. Uh, seven total tackles, four total, uh, four solo, th- uh, three pass breakups. Definitely shored up the secondary. Um, Sun Conference player of the week, two Sun Conference players of the week. Um, and that always helps. Yeah, when I mean, you're yeah. traveling, absolutely you great defense, great special teams. That's what keeps you in the game when your quarterback's not really playing well. I mean, they, they blew out a, an 11th-ranked team on the road with their best player having a bad game. Yeah, that that's promising, <laughs> very promising. Um, but like I said, Ivan Maria won via forfeit, not really sure what's going on down in Fort Lauderdale. Then, then we look a little schedule ahead. They, they're not – They're also forfeiting against Southeastern this yeah. coming week, so we'll do, we'll do a little schedule. research to figure out what's going on with that. Right. But um, – uh, Flomo heading to south, headed to Southeastern this weekend, and um, Flomo is definitely the team that surprised me the most. Looked atrocious in the first two weeks. 
didn't didn't really like what was going on there. And then, you know, they're in a one-score game in the fourth against a really, really good Southeastern team. Um, another phenomenal game for Kalen Wiggins. Thir- 20 of 34, 285 yards and two touchdowns. Got sacked three times, which is a little questionable against a so, so I'm going to get to the quarterback. I mean, what, what we have since I'm bright spot from the Lions, I happen to ever get to the quarterback a little bit. Especially with a guy who can move and is super oh, yeah. mobile, it's, that's a little concerning. Um, you know, the pass block kind of breaking down. Guy, you were really high on coming in and back-to-back for him. No, back-to-back, exceptional weeks. Also, killed it on the ground with nine carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Also, Brian Bell, 15 carries, 72 yards, and no touchdown, but average almost five yards a carry. That'll work. Um... Shane McLaughlin, seven catches, 166 yards, and a touchdown. Looking like a like a mini version of Justin Jefferson. What a week he had. What a week. What a week. And also, Desi Lester, eight catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Looking, Those numbers look to be like he's playing in the slot most of the time. Um, but overall, I mean... Not a bad week for the conference. Every, everybody besides Kaiser, and you can't even say Kaiser had a bad week because they're playing it's a, it's a superior good opponent. Too. Yeah, but really good division. Like too, I said, there's some there's some good takeaways from that. Yeah. But, um, and you don't want to get on a shit, but you got you just played probably the mo- one of the most physical division two teams in the country took last to the wire, week. Down to the wire, and then you go and you got to go on the road again, much further trip this time against the Mississippi College team. Again, very physical team. It's tough, man. I mean, tough no, for them. It is tough, but I think I think my that, stress level, uh, or if I was a Kaiser fan or whatnot, my stress levels would not be very. Very high right now. Not at all. I mean, like I said, it's going to prepare them for the Sun Conference slate. Absolutely. It's going to be – I think they're going to approach those games. They're going to be a lot more confident, probably going to be a lot more physical than every other team they play. Just purely off experience the first few weeks of the season. It's nothing against any other team in the Sun Conference, but them playing four or three really good teams from the get-go is definitely going to help them out. But – um Staying with Kaiser, moving ahead to next week, they travel to, to Missouri to play Lindenwood University, a new FCS AA school, correct? Uh, correct. Let's save the, the preview for Friday's episode. You cool with that? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I bet. Okay. Uh, you want to talk a little college football? Let's talk college football. Hey, but before we get into college football, I want to give a quick shout-out to the good my good friend sitting on the end of the couch here, middle linebacker, starting middle linebacker, out right now. He got bit by the same thing, a bit me, a little hamstring injury. Chandler Kerr, happy 32nd birthday, my guy. Yes, sir. That's right. He's a man of very few words, but a great guy. Happy birthday, buddy. He's not actually 32. He's 24. But he's sitting here with us uh, before we before we head out. But we're going to keep get the college football talk a little bit brief. We're on a little bit of a uh, schedule here. But, I mean, do you, you want to take the licks now, man? We can take them. I mean, what the heck? You – Last week, Anthony Richardson's a Heisman candidate. Last week, Anthony Richardson is a top five quarterback. Y'all are a top ten program. And it, the score didn't really reflect it, but, dude, they physically – Kentucky just physically dominated y'all in the swamp, and Anthony Richardson, he has the worst completion percentage in college football in the FBS level. Do I think it's over for y'all? No. I think y'all get back on track at USF. You might get mad at me, but I think y'all are gonna go up to Tennessee and get shellacked in two weeks. I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. I've read that a lot, and I'm. I'm honestly. I'm not gonna argue that point because more than likely this is true. 
But then again, Tennessee always has trouble with the Gators. That's true. And I, Kentucky used to have trouble with the Gators too, but they got it together in 2018, and then they repeated it last year, and they did it again. So they, we have been owning Kentucky for three decades, but they're now, now they're starting to own us a little bit. But Tennessee hasn't reached that point yet. They have beat us one time in the last probably decade, and it was when they had Josh Dobbs in 2016. I mean – Granted, Hendon Hooker in Tennessee is unbelievable right now. Really big win against Pitt. Was that on the road? It was on the road. On the road. Overtime. And overtime. Maybe double overtime. One or the other. The only, the only point I have to say about that Florida game, I already took my Sunday to think about it, to rewatch the game, to watch, I would say, film. And I'm talking like I'm some coach, but that's just the kind of fan I am. Kind of throwing that. Watched all 35 passing attempts from Anthony Richardson. Every play call that was made. And shout-out to the defense, though. I mean, the defense played their tail off. Um, but Anthony Richardson just, like he, he admitted in his press conference, you know, they were taking some shots early, which is not Florida's game from the beginning, which is going to go to my point in a second. And then, so his confidence was already down, missing really simple throws. Concepts were there. Guys were open. Had a few drops. Throw, Anthony Richardson throws the ball 100 miles an hour as is. Mm. So if you're – Throwing 100, balls, 100 miles an hour, and it's a little off target, more than likely it's not going to be caught. But in week one, he threw 24 attempts, and we went up 11 attempts this week, throwing 35 passes. And he had 11 carries for over 100 yards in week one, and he had six carries for four yards in week two. And Montreal Johnson, double-digit carries in week one. Trevor Etienne, also double-digit carries in week one. And Naquan Wright was just about a double-digit carries in week one. And they all were under 10 carries. So I'm just concerned about, did Anthony Richardson get hurt early and they had to change their approach? Did they think Kentucky was snuffing out their game plan? But, I mean, you're playing a really good defense in Utah and you run wild. All four runners run wild. And then you got in Kentucky and just completely abandoned that game plan. Yeah, I mean, they dominated the game against Utah. That's why yeah. they won the game. And then against Kentucky, they just wanted to go out there and act like Richardson is – been throwing the football in college for three years and this is Mahomes. That's just not – this does not make sense. Yeah, I, I'm not going to give you too much flack because, I mean, if you would have said through two weeks, three weeks ago, that y'all would be one and one. Ranked, I don't think, ranked, ranked one and one. I don't think many people would give y'all too much too much flack. I just think y'all's fire got really hot really early and this is that kind of what happens. Uh, we're going to do a much deeper dive uh, in college football later this week because I do got to get this man out of here. Uh, but just a couple p- more points we're going to go through with college football. I mean, the SEC lost this weekend. Sure did. The SEC straight up lost. Alabama won, but they lost. They lost. Texas A&M, what was that? By the way, for the record, I am 2-0 on my upsets. And I am literally two points away from being – from being from not being zero and two, you just need to figure out your intuition, man. I just have it. You, whatever. Last week, last week I consider a win for, for me too because we we both said that. I, we both said App State, and then we kind of, but but fair, but fair. Hey, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. I'm I'm zero t- and two. You're two and zero. I'm a point away on each game, but I do. I will say I got my finger on the pulse of the upsets, but they're I'm just that you're far close. off. That far Shout off. Shout out to the thundering herd. Notre Shout Dame. out to Sunbelt. Notre Dame just looks atrocious. Boy, did the honeymoon face from Marcus Freeman end early. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, it's over. Oh, yeah. It's, it's over. over. Speaking of over, Georgia Southern just went up there and took Scott took Frost's Scott. job from him. They paid him $17.5 million to get out of there. If they would have waited three more weeks, 
they wouldn't have had to pay that buyout. That's how bad it is. It's that bad. That's got to be the big. I think that's probably one of the the biggest failures and one of the biggest surprising failures. Because I'm not gonna lie, the way he built UCF very quickly and then went to a program that really recruits itself. I mean, Nebraska's a massive brand, and he just stunk Blew it. up the play. I mean, that's the savior. That's the homecoming. That's the alma mater. And he just stunk it up. And, I mean, that wasn't – I mean, three Sun Belt teams. It's something about Sun. If you got Sun in your name, you're good. Sun Conference, Sun Belt. That was, that was good. You know you know Marshall is in the Sun Belt now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is that, that's new this year. I kind of forgot about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're in the Sun Belt too. So, shout out to Sun Belt getting paid $5 million, just under $5 million in total this weekend to go and beat Take up. Job. Yeah. I mean, I Georgia it. Southern got paid about $2 million I can't more. really yeah. talk too much because Georgia Southern beat my Gators back in 2016 or wow. whatever it was. I think it was like 20. They may have been a little bit further back than 2013, that. 2013, something, something like, like that. that. But still, you know, I went on a visit to Georgia Southern, and they have, like, that posted, and like, they have, like, a big graphics on the wall about it. Oh, I'm sure. Drain the swamp. I mean, I would, too. That, that was back when they were a new FBS program. But um, finishing up the week, I mean, Georgia rolled again. Dogs looking real good. Back to number one in the rankings. You know, there's 2-0 got a good – Quarterback and for the first time since 2007 has a good team, Kansas Jayhawks. Oh yeah, watch out for the Rock Chalk Jayhawk. No, walk, watch out for Kansas. I mean, yeah, and Kansas State's not. I mean, the whole state of Kansas is bad. I mean, Kansas State just went up and embarrassed Missouri this weekend. Yeah, bad, bad luck for the SEC. Yeah, terrible. But I mean, BYU with a huge win and over two overtimes against hey, how's Baylor. How's that playoff pick? How's that playoff pick looking now? It's looking real good. Ooh. But Baylor, Baylor, Baylor's good, but they're not on. They're not tier one. No, they're, they're not, not there yet. They're, they're they borderline got, tier two. I need to see. They got a lot of tests. They got a lot more tests coming up. But, I mean, USC looks really scary. Oh, yeah. Really oh, yeah. scary. I, I'm i going to oh, lock yeah. it in week three. I I think I'm going to run run my money on Caleb Williams. Oh, you think so? You think he's going to got he's my, he's, my, he's my He's in the race. We'll see, as C.J. Stroud also. And I think Bryce Young just solidified that he's probably not going to win the Heisman. Bryce Young was down. You see the the, the non safety call. Yeah, I did. He I, was down. I agree. That would have that, 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 won the that, game. That flips. That's game. And Oklahoma impressed again. Started slow. Texas Tech with a big rank win against Houston. Two overtimes. Ole Miss rolled. Michigan State rolled. Washington Washington State upset Wisconsin. We already talked about Tennessee with a big win. Um, Once again, DJ looks very underwhelming for Clemson. Yeah. I see Kate Klubinick in there before week six. Boy, that – I mean, I, I thought that his leash was choking himself or ch- yeah, choking him before the season. Boy, that thing's just got to be suffocating right now. It has to be. Because that Kate fan base – Kate is chomping base, at the bit to get in there. That fan base is livid. Yeah. Livid. I, firsthand, my dad's a Clemson fan. He is – he's done. And he was a DJ believer for a while. I'm sure. I mean, it was – Promising when Trevor went down. I had another game. Game. I mean, it was. Like, I mean, oh, he's a second coming yeah. of like a Deshaun Watson, but no, no, he he's not. He's not even Taj Boyd. <laughs> no. And then to so. round round it out, as much as I hate to say it, I'm a college football fan, so I have to appreciate good football so far. Shout out to the Hurricanes, two and zero. Miami's a top ten team, ranked in the top fifteen as we speak. Are they in the top ten right now? They're not, but they in the this, Reagan this rankings. Week, in the Reagan rankings, they're probably six or seven. And they have a huge test this week heading down to Kyle Field, Texas A&M, is home it, of the 12th man, 9 o'clock Eastern. Is that a tough test? 
I we mean, according to the rankings, we got to find out. I yeah. mean, you, you tell me, Southern Miss, Bethune Cookman, and Texas A and M. You pick your, you well, pick I mean, your better team. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously. That's a test. It's a big, okay, bigger test. You meant comparable, Texas A&M comparable a to what they had. Okay. Miami's going to come into Kyle Field and they're going to play a dogfight with a I mean, very upset Texas A and M team. Good job there. Tyler Van Dyke hasn't played a meaningful game, quote unquote, yet. Yeah. Not a big time, prime time, everybody watching game just yet. It's going to be a big test. If, if Miami come out of there and escape and beat Texas A&M then, then on the road, official playoff watch. then it's official that Miami is, playoff is, is back for right now. They're the best team in the ACC, I think. They're my pick. And right I've gotten the ACC. extreme amounts of slander from Florida State fans. Can we speak on that? How do we feel about Florida State? Um, I don't know if Jordan know. Travis can win nine games in the ACC. You got I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where Florida State is. I mean, yeah, they. I mean, because I don't know where LSU 2-0, is. Two and impressive LSU win, but uh, but hear uh, me, hear me out. Does FSU have the offense to play? They definitely have the defense. No, no. Do they have the offense to run a shootout with UNC? Do they have the defense to, to contain Malik Cunningham? Do they have the defense to contain Tyler Van Dyke, a top five, top no, ten quarterback in the ACC? They don't. But I mean, does just, Florida State have it in them to beat Clemson? Even though Clemson's down, but that is one heck of a defense. Does Jordan Travis maneuver an offense behind Brian Brees and company? No, he doesn't. He doesn't, but I think that defense can't can keep even, it close enough. And even with Andy Richardson having probably one of the worst games in FBS college football. Don't ask me this question. You're not going to like it, and we don't have that much time. <laughs> okay, we'll get into this no, at a later date. Let's do, let, let's do a deeper dive into college football uh, this, on this later episode because uh, – Probably should have told you I want to record this a little bit earlier, but whatever. Um, anything else? Anything? Any leading points? NFL talk. Let's say for Friday's episode. We'll, we'll do a, a bigger all that next. Right. Um, just real quick. Who's your Sun Conference winner of the week? Who? Who? who Sun won Conference the winner of the week. St. Thomas. I mean, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty obvious there. Yeah. Saint, uh Sun Conference loser of the week. Nah, let's not do that. Let's take positive. Yeah. That's fair. Let's just stay positive. But we also can't. We okay, can't fine. just. We can't just be, how about we can't not lose it? All right, all right. How about how about not loser? How about some conference? You need to do better of the week. Kaiser. Yeah, it's got to be. Got to be. Got to be. Kaiser and Southeastern. Yeah. Southeastern got to yeah, play fair. a little better. That's fair. Like, it, it, it was a two. It was a two 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 score win, but it wasn't a two score win. Six minutes to like, go in the fourth, up yeah. by one possession on Flomo. You got to do better than that. Yeah. Straight up. I have Southeastern better than that, and I think okay. they'll show that. Absolutely. So. You're fair. You're the football guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, in inclusion, we talked about, or I talked about it earlier. We got some huge tests coming up in the Sun Conference for men's and women's soccer. We're going to find out. We know for a fact that Kaiser women's soccer is the best team in the nation, right? They're number one. But we're going to find out how far ahead they are with a couple tests coming up. And there's a lot of teams in the Sun Conference, Weber, SCAD, and Southeastern. And Shout Thomas. out to the Warriors, 4-0. 4-0. I, didn't, I, I wasn't on the earlier segment, mm. so this is my time to shout out the girls at Weber, 4-0. All on the road. All on the road. Have not played a game at home, 4-0. No. I gave them Absolutely a good, good shout out, but just to give you a little recap, I want to see them. They're 4-0, four impressive, or four road wins, which is impressive. But I do want to see them take a little step up in competition the way SCAD, Kaiser, and Southeastern schedule has lined up for them. They have all gone and beaten top 
two teams or top five teams now after the, the new rankings came but out. To, but to be fair, you know, I don't necessarily think Weber has been exceptional at soccer in the past. No. So to develop a schedule that's winnable and a, a success you know, you, is you, achievable. You can only play who's on your schedule, right? And they, they've gone and they've beat them. Absolutely. And I think they are knocking right on that door of the top three teams in the conference. And I'm excited to see them going forward. Absolutely. All right. This will conclude today or this Tuesday's episode of Suncast. Love y'all boys and girls. Josh, love your brother. I'll catch y'all, or excuse me, we will catch y'all on Friday.